we prevail. Tonight, as the elders were leading prayer, they were also teaching us the benefits of prayer. Hallelujah. And what a beautiful thing to know that as I pray, I am changed. I move from one level of glory to another. Hallelujah. As I pray. Amen and amen. As I pray, I am empowered. As I pray, every garment of shame, disgrace, weakness is cast off. And I take on the garment of the glory of God. I begin to shine as the man in Christ that I truly am. Hallelujah. The power of prayer. Above it all, amen and amen. Prayer transforms our heart. It is a place where God purifies our hearts. Hallelujah. So that our desires are consistent with his desire. When we pray, we are not merely, you know, uh, uh, muttering words, mindless muttering of words. No, that's not what we are doing. But we are truly engaging the spirit of God in such depths of fellowship. The mind of you, the human mind cannot comprehend. Amen and amen. It is an engagement of our spirit with the Holy Ghost. And in so doing, he purifies our heart. Aligning our will with His will. You know, most times when we talk about the fire of God, we are thinking about the fire of God destroying our enemies. But the work of God's fire in that sense is first of all in us, purifying us, refining us. Hallelujah. The praying man is a man whose heart is connected to the heart of the Father. That is, his desires are his desires. He's so concerned about the will of God. He's a man of the Spirit. Amen and amen. As you pray, that is why when you give yourself to prayer, you must be intentional about it. Amen and amen. You you must be intentional about it. Let the fire of God consume every chaff. What are those chaff? Wrong motive, wrong desires. Hallelujah. Selfish ambitions, selfish desires. Amen and amen. Vengeful desires, vengeful ambitions. The Lord begins to consume it to every flesh. He consumes it. Amen and amen. And begins to supplant them with his will, his desires, holy desires, lovely desires, things that are praiseworthy. He begins to supplant fleshly desires with those. Hallelujah. So the man who is always praying, he is always walking in the will of God. He is always loving. If you are praying, then there's a problem in your prayer. Amen and amen. If you are prayerful and still selfish, there's a problem in your prayer. That means there's not a real engagement of your spirit with the spirit of God. But in prayer, spirit engages the spirit of God. In the place where our spirit is subject to him. And anything that is not of him is consumed. And everything that he is, he pours into us. Amen and amen. So the praying man is a humble man. Hallelujah. Amen. The praying man is a humble man. He takes on himself the humility of the spirit because his spirit has encountered something greater than himself. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Tonight, before we leave, uh, it's been an awesome time of prayer and we are prevailed in prayer. I want to share one or two things with you. And I know that as always, the word of God keeps our faith in the right perspective. Two things are important for you as a belief, or two things matter most in your attitude and timing. Attitude and timing. It, 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 it is everything. Attitude and timing. Attitude and timing. The reason we've been giving the Spirit of God, if you notice tonight, most of the prayers that we have been praying have been about, you know, the leadings of the Spirit and all that. It is our best right in Christ. It is our goodly heritage in Christ. That is to be led of the Spirit of God. 
He is that divine compass in our spirit that shows us where to go and how to get there, the Spirit of God. So as we pray always, submit yourself to the needs of the Spirit. And with that also, His timing. It is important. Timing is everything in life. In your work of faith, timing is everything. Look at Jesus. He is at the place, he is at the place where the wedding is happening in Canaan. The wine is finished. The mother comes to him and says, you know, Please do something. The first thing he says, he says, my time is not yet up, woman. My time is not. But the moment Mary turns away, Jesus is saying to the, uh, the servant, fill the water pots. Hallelujah. That means that Mary was a second too early. Jesus knew what was going to, and he knew what time he was going to do it. The timing of God. We call it Kairos. Hallelujah. When purpose, and you see the spirit of God in you, carries all of God's purpose for your life and he leads you according to the timings of God in the fulfillment of his purpose for you. That is why as a believer, you constantly yield to the spirit of God. Timing is everything. You must not be exposed before your time. Look at David. David was anointed king amongst his brothers. Yet right after the anointing, he did not march upon Saul's throne and to the throne Saul to commit a coup d'etat that I am the anointed of the Lord, so let me rather sit upon the throne. David did not raise an army. He could have done that. But after his anointing, he went back to what he was doing. He was tending the sheep because it was not yet time. At the appointed time, he ascended to the throne. Timing is everything. Hallelujah. Timing is everything. There are those who have gone ahead of themselves. And every time the devil is doing that, he's always to go ahead of your time. That is why you must always keep in step with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. You must keep in step with the Holy Ghost as a believer. Don't Amen. do because others are doing. Don't go because others are going. Follow the leading of the Spirit. It matters in your it matters in your life. It matters. The Bible says that in the fullness of time, God sending his own son in the likeness of flesh came to deliver us. Hallelujah. He waited for the fullness of time. Amen and amen. When the time was perfect according to his plan. You see, when we talk about the timings of the spirit, we are actually dealing with the purposes of the spirit. Because in the spirit, that is, with God, there is nothing like time because God is eternal. God deals with purposes and events. So in our natural world, we call it timing. Amen and amen. So the timings of the spirit have to do with the purposes of God. Allow the Spirit of God to lead in the fulfillment of His purpose. Don't just, don't just go. Wait for the movings of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Every man, woman of the Spirit, every believer must be a man or woman of the Spirit. Not only the pastor, the prophet, the teacher, the apostle, the elders, every single one of you, we all must be men and women of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Many women of the spirit, we are able to discern, amen and amen. This discernment I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the gift of discernment, which is discerning demons and spirits and all that. I'm talking about discerning the spirit, that is the Holy Ghost. Discerning what he is doing and following us, following suit. Amen and amen. Every single one of us must be a man to know what to do and when to do it. It matters. It matters. Hallelujah. That is why if you notice Jesus' life, he was never in a hurry and he was never late. That was Jesus. He was never in it. When they announced to him that Lazarus had died, Lazarus was, Jesus did not rush because it was not yet time for him to be there. So the Bible says he abode two more days 
and then Lazarus died. The timings of the spirit are not according to what is happening in the flesh. The things of the flesh submit to the timings of the spirit. By the time Jesus got there, they were crying, that, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, Lazarus is asleep, I can't. Hallelujah. Jesus was walking according to the timing of the Spirit. Jesus was never in a rush, and he was never late. Amen and amen. He moved by the leading of the Spirit. And brethren, the leading of the Spirit is your best right in Christ. It is your goodly heritage in Christ. The Holy Spirit has been given unto you already. So all of us have the capacity to become truly men and women of the Spirit. How does that happen? By consistently yielding ourselves to him in his word and in prayer. That is why times of prayer like this are important. That's why the fundamental thing about prayer is the purifying of your own heart, the purifying of your desires, uh, taking away the fleshly desires. Hallelujah. So that your prayers are not full of revenge and selfish ambitions and selfish desires, but your prayers are full of the Spirit, Spirit desires, things that the Lord actually wants. Amen and amen. That is when you come to that place, that is when your spirit man is truly engaging the Spirit of God. Time is very important. Hallelujah. Do you know that something that God has prepared for you, which is good, when you go ahead of yourself for it, it may end up, what God intends to be a blessing, may end up being a curse because of wrong timing. Do you know that? That is why we see you should never feel like you are left behind when you look at your friends and your colleagues and all those things. We each have our own race we are running, as it were. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes focused on God. Keep your eyes focused on Christ, on what He's doing with your life. Hallelujah. In His own time, the Bible says He does what? Talk to me. Talk to me. In His own time, He does what? Makes all things beautiful. Hallelujah. In His own in His own time. Hallelujah. Shadabakasaya. In His own time. Amen and amen. You are not behind. Let God show you his calendar for your life. And you realize that you are not in. Always pray, Father, keep me in step with your spirit. Amen. Keep me in the spirit. That's a good prayer to pray always. The second thing that is important is developing the right attitude as a believer. And that happens through the renewal of the word. Renewing your mind with the word of God. The first attitude to develop as a believer is the attitude of faith. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What is the reward for seeking? It is God himself. Every man rewarded by the same thing he is seeking. Hallelujah. When you go to school, you are seeking a degree. At the end of the day, what do they give you? They don't give you a house. They give you a degree. What is the reward of God for seeking him? God himself. God is simply saying that by faith, if you seek me, you find me. Hallelujah. What is a greater reward than that? Develop an attitude of faith. That would mean that that would mean that always walk in faith towards God. What does that mean? My heart is submitted to Him in His Word. That is the work of faith. My heart is submitted to God in His Word. I recognize fundamentally that He is God and I am not. I am human. Hallelujah. He is sovereign and I am not. He is omnipotent and I am. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. Hallelujah. That would mean that He is the object of my faith. Not my ambition or my goal or myself. My faith is not directed to myself. My faith is directed to God. My faith submits to Him. Hallelujah. 
Amen and amen. Develop an attitude of faith. An attitude of trusting in the plan of God. Trusting in the purpose of God. Trusting in God himself. Hallelujah. Faith. Develop that attitude of faith. Hallelujah. Develop that attitude where I trust God, irrespective of what is happening, irrespective of the things that are going on around me. My trust is in Him. Hallelujah. My trust is in Him. The Bible says that them that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved or be shaken. Amen. Trust in the Lord. Develop an attitude of faith in Him. What is that? Trusting in Him. That I am submitted to Him. Amen and amen. Secondly, develop an attitude of thanksgiving. The Bible says in the book of 1 Thessalonians, in everything. What is everything? All things excluding nothing. In everything. In every situation. In every moment. In every circumstance. No matter what is happening. Whether good, bad, or ugly. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks unto the Lord. For this is the will of God for you in Christ. God's for you any situation is to give thanks. You must, as a believer, you must develop the attitude of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. What is thanksgiving? It is the attitude of rejoicing always. Paul says, rejoice again, I say rejoice. Do you know that joy is the fruit of faith? Joy. It is the fruit of, it is the, one of the main characteristics of our new life in Christ. Joy. 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 The believer must always be joyful. The believer must always be rejoicing. There is no time for being morose. Listen, there is absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing that should cast the believer down to the place where he's so morose. No, 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 no. You should always be joyful because you see, there, it is always victory for you. Amen and amen. Amen. It is always victory for you. Hallelujah. No matter what happens, it is a victory for you. The victory may not look like what you want it to look like, but it is a victory for you according to Hallelujah. Your victory Amen. is what pleases God and brings to pass His purpose. That is what you ought to be rejoicing in always. So Paul in prison was rejoicing. The disciples in prison were rejoicing. When they caught them and they whipped them and laughed them and said, do not preach in the name of Jesus, they were rejoicing that God counted them where they suffer for his name's sake. Rejoice again, I say rejoice. You see, this is what beats the imagination of people of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says in, in, in 1 John, John was saying concerning leaders, whom you have not seen, yet ye rejoice with joy unspeakable. John marveled at the believers because he saw Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He says, of the word of life which we have handled, John handled the word that did flesh. He ate Jesus, slept with Jesus, went everywhere with Jesus. He knew Jesus. But these believers who came after, they had only heard the report of the life of Christ, his death and his resurrection, and what that means. And they believed. And after they believed, John says, they rejoiced with joy unspeakable. Hallelujah. That is what the believers did. And John was so surprised. He's like, you people, how is it? Because you see, Christ is more than just the man who walked 
on the shores of Galilee. He's in us. The moment you believe, he's in you by the Spirit. The Bible says, now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's salvation. They got born again. The Lord, who is that Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell inside of you. So the believers were rejoicing with joy unspeakable. In the face of all things that they are faith, they rejoice. With joy unspeakable. Your house must be a house of joy. Hallelujah. Your house must be a house of joy. House of joy. House of joy. House of joy. Rejoicing always. Rejoicing in what? Rejoicing in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we are the circumcision which put no confidence in the flesh. That means we don't rejoice over things in the flesh. We don't rejoice over things in the flesh. Rather, we rejoice in Christ Jesus. We make our boast in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We rejoice. So every day we are rejoicing. Father, I thank that you have made me a joint heir with Christ Jesus. I thank you that you have raised me up together with him and made me to sit together with him in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power. Father, I thank you. Hallelujah. You are rejoicing. You are rejoicing. Lord, you are my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the strength of my Hallelujah. You're always rejoicing, 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 rejoicing. Whether you laugh or you have, you are rejoicing. Amen and amen. Neither height nor death, nor things to come, nor things that are present, nor angels or demons. Nothing can separate you from the love that is in Christ Jesus. Absolutely nothing. Why won't this truth make you rejoice? Amen. Rejoice. Develop an attitude of faith. Develop an attitude of thanksgiving. Rejoicing always. You know, in heaven, when we say get serious, it means rejoice. Seriousness in heaven is rejoice. Hallelujah. That is why there is always joy in heaven. Amen. There is sad. There is no. There is always rejoicing. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Last but not least, develop an attitude of contentment. The Bible says that we brought it, we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we shall take nothing out. Having food and raiment thereof, we must be content. Develop the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. You understand what I'm talking about? Not that you become godly and then you become content. No. God itself has contentment in it. That means the godly man is a content man. The man who is not content is not godly. So to live godly in Christ would mean that you must be content. Hallelujah. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Is great what gain? That scripture does not mean that settle for what you have now and that is it. No. When the Bible speaks of contentment, it means that your heart is great at every stage of your life. You are grateful and not jealous or, let me find the right word, you are not comparing yourself with somebody else and thinking that you are losing or you are behind. You are content at every stage of life you are. As you are moving forward in the plans and purposes of God, the content man is concerned about the purpose and plan of God. He's not concerned about what somebody else is doing. Hallelujah. There are some people, my friend bought a house, immediately they will give their husbands trouble until they also buy a house. Why? They are competing with somebody else. Why? 
somebody does this, they also want to. They are just, it's a spirit of competition. They are never content. But if you are going to be a rejoicing believer, one of the ingredients is you must be a content believer. Hallelujah. Content. God is definitely going to. You are going to move from glory. You are going to increase in your career, in your business, in things that you do. You are going to move forward. But at every stage, rejoice, be content, cherish, savor the moment. Rejoice in Christ. Thank God for what you have. Hallelujah. Amen. There are some people that never enjoy in Christ because they see themselves, they, 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 they are always not content with where they have come. Do you know that where you are now, somebody is, where you are now is the prayer topic. Do you know that? Somebody is praying hard to be where you are. Meanwhile, you are there and you are, the only thing you are doing is complaining and memory, complaining and memory, complaining and memory, and you think that God has even left you and God has not remembered you. But then I say unto you, godliness with contentment is great gain. Is what great gain. It's great gain. It's what great gain. Great gain. Hallelujah. It's Amen. great gain. Content. Oh, the heart that is content wakes up and just thanks God. He doesn't look around him to find what he doesn't have. He looks around him and sees the many blessings of God and begins to count his blessings one by one and begin to give praise to God. Say, Father, I thank you for where you have brought me. Father, I thank you for where I stand. I thank you for the many things you are doing in my life and the many things you are about to. Hallelujah. Content me. I am content. I am content. Somebody tell me, I am content in Christ. I am content in Christ. Hallelujah. You see, one of the things personally I've realized is all those who work with God, all those who work with God, none of them was ambitious. I'm using ambition in a, uh, understand me very well. None of them was ambitious. Any one of them who was ambitious, God killed that ambition. And if the person did not submit himself, for God to kill that ambition, the person went astray. Because you see, God doesn't deal with ambition. He deals with purpose. Ambition can strain you away from God's purpose because ambition is about your purpose and your will. You understand? It's not about the will of God. It does not submit to God's will. So David wanted to build a temple for God. He was very ambitious, but God said, no, you are not the one going to. In my purpose, you are not the one who is supposed to build it. David could have ignored the leadings of the Spirit and went ahead by his ambition. But you see, because David was a man whose heart was submitted to God, he said, if God doesn't want me to do it, I'm not going to do it. I don't need to do anything to anybody that I am the greatest king of Israel.